Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hooray for Hollywood! Hooray for Hollywood! You're so misunderstood. Keep shining like you should. Hooray for Hollywood! Hey everybody, this is Brett Gersky. Welcome to the second episode of On The List. It's Thursday, August 23rd. 2012. I know I said that I would do this every Monday, but we shifted things around this week to accommodate my guest, Riley Smith, who's here. Riley, you can say hi. Welcome <laughs> uh, he was, to myself. Yeah, exactly. I, like, I, like I know, it's just the two of us, so there's I no know, audience. But, but we have a theme song now. Well, I do have a theme so, song. It's good. So basically, well, first, I will say that uh, we rearranged it because you've been filming 90210 all week. Yep. Which, so now we're doing the show this week on Thursday. Um, yes, and as you just heard, I now have a real theme song, and that song is called Hooray for Hollywood by a friend of mine named Jared Lee. The full song is available on iTunes, so thank you to Jared and to his co-writer, Jason Miller, for that song. And speaking of Jared, he actually performed last night at the Viper Room, and he did a duet with Pia Toscano from American Idol of Time After Time, and that's all over the internet today, so check that out on YouTube. Um, okay, we have a lot to cover, <laughs> and I don't know how much time it's going to take, but we'll see. Uh, a little unfinished business from last week. Uh, we Ben Savage was my guest last week, and we talked about how Kristen Cavallari had a baby. That was one of our hot topics in entertainment. And I said that I would get her on the phone for the next podcast. So that moment has now arrived. So Yay. we have <laughs> so we have Kristen Cavallari. Isn't it funny? We have to be our own audience. <laughs> yeah. and I'll cheer for show. you. Yeah, you can clap. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler they had a baby boy named Camden Jack. Cutler. Uh, she's a very good friend of mine. She's on the phone now. You know her from Laguna Beach and the Hills and Dancing with the Stars, Miss Kristen Cavallari. Hey, Kristen. Hi. What's going on? Nothing. Sorry, there's dogs barking in the background, and I have a baby that's half sleeping in my arms. So uh, I'm loud. <laughs> what a nice image. Kristen Cavallari with a baby sleeping in her arms. <laughs> that's so cute. Thanks. I actually woke up on his birthday, August 8th, to a text message with a picture of you holding a baby. That was the, I woke up, I looked at my phone, and I was like, oh, my God. Aww, Kristen has a baby. I know. I know. It's crazy, right? Congratulations. And I have Riley Smith here with me. Hey, what's Hi. up? Hi. How are you? Nothing. Congratulations. Thank you. So where are you right now? You're in Chicago? I am, yeah. I'm just um, at my apartment. Tonight's actually my first night alone with the baby because Jay's in New York. Um, he has a game tomorrow. Wow, where are the MTV cameras when you need them? Yeah, right? <laughs> Me alone with a baby. Oh, my <laughs> but, um, but I'm excited. It's going to be fun. How's uh, motherhood treating you? It's been fun. I mean, I think maybe I set myself up for it to be just extremely difficult, at least for the first two weeks. And he's a really good baby, and it hasn't been as bad as I thought. Like, it's actually been pretty easy, and I've really enjoyed every minute of it. How does Jay Cutler like being a father? He loves it. He's really, he's so cute. I mean, he's this big guy, and seeing him hold this teeny tiny baby is probably the cutest thing I've ever seen. I literally <laughs> cannot wait to see Jay Cutler holding this baby. It's really cute. And he's been really cute with, like, diaper duty and stuff. Like, he'll, I'll be like, oh, the baby needs to 
I'm going to go change the baby, and he'll be like, here, I'll do it. And he just offers to change diapers, which is really sweet. I need to come to Chicago just to watch Jay change a diaper. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> Chicago should. next weekend. Oh, are you? Yeah, Labor Day. Can Riley Smith come over on Labor Day and watch, I, the, <laughs> watch the, you change the, your baby? The, the sure. Th- I think, isn't that that's soon? That's in like a week, I next think, Next right? weekend, yeah. But the things I'll be doing in Chicago, the things I'm going to Chicago for will not probably be baby conducive. Wow. So, oh, really? What are you going to be doing, huh? Well, unless your baby likes to drink vodka and drink beer, I don't <laughs> not yet, but but one day. <laughs> yeah, not yet. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so, Kristen, uh, it's almost football season. It's preseason. Um, yeah. Because of Kristen and Jay, I am a converted Bears fan for the last Woo-hoo. two seasons. So this is the first. My I'm officially entering my third football season as a Bears fan. But yeah, I, that's, that's right. We've watched a lot of games together. I was just gonna say I'm not gonna have you with me to watch them on Sundays. It's so sad. I know. Well, I'm going to be in L.A. actually quite a bit this fall promoting my, my shoe line. So maybe we'll have a couple games together. Okay, yeah, we'll we used to get my favorite sports bar. It's called Goal. And I would go on Sundays and Kristen would meet me. Got, I mean, we would get up pretty early for a Sunday. We were there all day. Yeah, and then you stay there. You have breakfast, lunch, dinner at Goal. <laughs> yeah, it was deadly. <laughs> and then I would BBM Jay Cutler and give him my sort of notes on the football game. I'm sure he liked those. <laughs> he, he did. He was actually – well, they were always positive. They were always positive, yeah. So I to Throw keep... the ball better. Thanks, No, Brad. no, 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 no. I would, it, although, you know, if I had to, I'm sure he would take that advice from me. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, you mentioned your shoe line. It was literally – this is – breaking news because it was just announced today that you are having your own shoe line i saw yeah, the, I yeah saw the article. magic is going on you know the big convention in, in vegas and so my shoe line is actually there so buyers are coming through and i'll know in the next hopefully week or two um exactly which department stores i'm going to be in but yeah it comes out it'll be in stores in december i'm really excited about it that's very exciting december yeah. just in time for the holidays exactly everyone can buy kristen cavallari shoes i actually read an article today about it and I wanted oh, you, you to did? explain what this meant. There's a quote about your shoe line. It said it's oh. a it's a capsule collection of pumps, platforms, booties, and flats. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds really cool. Well, thanks. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, obviously, it's not something for you, but the girls will be excited, hopefully. Well, you got to make men's shoes. You got to make you and Jay have to make a sneaker line or something. I know, Jay's mom was like, you should make baby, you know, little boy clothes and stuff, which would be a lot of fun. I mean, the baby clothes are so cute, and baby shoes are on another level. I know, I think I have to set up Camden. I have two new twin nieces who were born, they were born a week before Camden Cutler, so I might have to set one of them up with him. How how are they? They're awesome. They're so cute. I get pictures of them all day long. Um, Did you ever think we'd be talking about babies? Like no, this? <laughs> like if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have been like, there's no way. <laughs> two years ago, nine months ago, we were at my birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, good point. <laughs> I remember that. Riley was there's there. a picture of all three of us, yeah, actually. that was oh, my wow. last hurrah. <laughs> that was my last hurrah, I think. Wow. That was <laughs> November. I know. You now have a baby, and I hear the dogs. Well, listen, when you're in California, you have to come into the studio, and we'll do a whole retrospective about the life of Kristen Cavallari. Okay, that would be fun. So I'd like to have you. I've known you for a long time. Okay, I know. Long <laughs> I was thinking time. about. I was thinking about it today. I'm like, I think I've known Kristen since she was 18 years old. Yeah, you, yeah. We met at the Cosmopolitan Fun Fearless Male Awards. Yes, we did. I was not nominated, but I was, <laughs> I, was I, don't, I mean, why was I there? I don't know. It was 2005. <laughs> However old yeah. we were in 2005. Um, yeah, well, I was 18. I just graduated high school. <laughs> fresh off the boat. Yep. Now look at us. All right. Well, thank you very much for taking some time 
to talk to of us. Of course. And Good to talk to you. I know. I haven't heard your voice, really. I was saving it for I the know. show. I know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's talk this week. All right. Sounds good. And I'll see you next month. Go Bears. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye, you guys. See ya. Oh, wait. Tell Judy I say hi. Tell your mom I say oh, hi. Of course. Absolutely. Please. Did she send you a picture of the baby? No, you did. I, I tell Judy oh, to send me. Oh, because she was like, I'm going to send Gersky a picture of the baby because he feels like I never respond to him. Well, or, I, or like I never initiate a conversation. <laughs> no, like, she's gotten very good at texting, I have to say. Oh, good. I'm glad. When this we were, is my when, mom that we're talking about. So. Yeah, when we were in the audience <laughs> of Dancing with the Stars together, the two of us really bonded. <laughs> she loves you. Yeah. I wish you were doing All Stars, but you're not. You just no. had a baby. Well, I think you had to win in order to be an all-star, and we all know I didn't get that far. Well, maybe they'll do a second-chance season for people who went too early. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> all right, well, cool. Get back to your uh, mommy duty. All right, I will. Good to talk to you. Tell them when I say hi. I will. All right, bye, you guys. Bye. Okay, moving on to my guest who's here with me today, Riley Smith. What's going on, Riley? Nothing, man. I'm just excited to be a part of the show with you. Thank you for being here. Um, we've known each other for a long time. I was trying to think how long, maybe, does 2005 sound right? It may have been before that. When did you move out here? I moved out here in 2002, 2003, so, officially. Yeah, maybe like 2004. But when yeah. did you do the yeah. pilot with yeah, Mike DeLuca? Yeah, so it was like 2004, 2005, and that's when I met you. Yeah, yeah. well, basically, yeah. Uh, we met at Mike DeLuca's house. Right. He was having a screening <laughs> for a pilot called The Way, mm-hmm. and... That's where I met you. And he did it, actually. His house is an awesome house up Sunset Plaza Drive. It was, yeah. Super cool screening room. Yeah, that was the ultimate bachelor pad. I know, and I wanted it, and I begged him. I was like, listen, I'm buying this house from you when I have the money. Please don't sell it. But then he sold it. Yeah, he he got married. I I introduced him to his wife that night. I know. Um, Do you know, I've been around a lot when people meet their wife. It's weird. Like, I've been in the room. So you're taking my credit. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You (laughs) introduced, but I've been in the room a lot or at the party where people met, you know? But no, you get full credit for that. No, that was cool. His wife, Angelique. Angelique, yeah. You knew from Texas. Yeah, I've known. She's been one of my best friends since I moved to town. And so I took her up there for that party. They hit it off, and now they have a baby. Baby and the rest is history. It's yeah. baby day here on your show. I know. They have a daughter and they have another yeah. baby on the way, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hi, Angelique, if you're listening. But that house, was, uh, that house was incredibly Ugh, fun. And I then I'd heard house. weird rumors after he sold it that, like, Zac Efron bought it and moved in, but that wasn't no, true. No, that's not true. I don't know who. I don't know who. Well, I know Barry Zito lived next door from the San Francisco Giants. Uh-huh. He had the house next door, which I had been to for a party, and it was equally cool like yeah. that just that location on sunset plaza drive it's a yeah. great view the guy that owns rock stars across the street yeah i've been to parties there yeah. that's a cool house yeah but yeah i mean i was thinking about it too i was like how many great hollywood stories somehow go back to mike deluca oh, so many so many <laughs> for people who don't know who he is he's a big movie producer uh most recently he just did uh the baseball movie the yeah Moneyball. Money before Ball. that social network he was nominated for oscars yeah. two years in a row and, and that was just that was just recently i mean right. if you date back to he used to run dreamworks and you and know before he brought, that new line yep he brought boogie nights and and you know austin power i heard he's got uh 50 sh- uh, shades of gray so right. that's gonna be another hit for him that's a big thing like basically everyone in town wanted to produce the movie adapt adaptation mm-hmm. of the Fifty Shades of Grey book, and Mike DeLuca got the job. Mike got it. Yeah, I was lucky enough to work with him on that one pilot. It was the only TV job he ever did. That's, Unfortunately, yeah. it was uh, one of many pilots I did, <laughs> and right. it didn't get picked up. But uh, it was but a see, great. You know, there's a reason for everything, and I, I feel like that was the reason I, I got to you know get Mike DeLuca in my life. Which yeah, was great. And you introduced him to his wife. Exactly. So for him, because that, of that, the pilot, that happened. So that's how it works. Yeah, he's a, he's a, still a great friend. 
Yeah. He's a good guy. He's actually, he's also so cool. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, he's what you think of when you think of, like, well, Hollywood producer, but he's also, like, a family man. He'll be the first to admit it. He's just a movie geek. Like, he grew up just loving movies. Right. And he has every movie ever known, ones that aren't known. Um, he could tell you about anything. And, you know, if you, you want to have a discussion about film with him, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I got to bring him on here. Yeah, you should. He actually did a similar thing, um, like what I'm doing, but with writers. And he would interview writers, screenwriters. Mm-hmm. And it was it was awesome. He's very uh, he's very smart when it comes to movies, obviously. Um, but I remember so after we watched the movie, we were all hanging out in the kitchen, and I remember we were just talking shop, kind of basically being movie geeks and talking about movies and TV shows. And I remember you said to me, you were like, "Who are you?" You were like, "You really know your stuff." Yeah. Like, who are you? And I was like, "Oh, my name's Brett, out here to write and direct." And I at the time I was Brett Ratner's assistant mm-hmm. back then, and. Now look at us. I know. <laughs> I know. You got your own show. I'm, wow. I'm a guest on it. Yeah. See? Man. Dreams come true. They do. Um, okay. First thing I wanted to talk to you about today, uh, an article came out today called Surviving the Nightlife Scene as an Adult. And it was written, <laughs> written by a friend of mine named John Warwick. It's on a website called mandatory.com, which is part of AOL. And I bring it up for two reasons. One, because I was quoted in the article. Nice. And... I'll tell you about that in a second. And also because you and I are both 30 or older. Yeah. In our 30s, I'll say. Young 30s. Uh, and we still enjoy going out. Yeah. I, I want to read the article because I want to know what the key to, to survival is because I, I've actually quit going out as much as yeah, I used to. Yeah, you don't go to. out like no. you used to. My 20s, I, you know, it was uh, the cool thing to do was to go out Monday through Thursday. Right. And you didn't go out on the weekends. It was bridge and tunnel. Or as I like to call it here, the uh, the, the inland invasion. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you call in, it? Inland Empire comes into uh, L.A. It's right. The bridge invasion. and tunnel is a very New York yeah. term. We have but, freeways and... But now, I'm getting, I know I'm getting older because I can't go out during the week, especially if I have something to do the next day. Right. And, and now I'm going out on Fridays and Saturdays. So I've now become the old man. Well, but, they call that the weekend warrior. Yep. That's what I am now. Although it's still fun once in a while during the week. I, I throw parties. I have a Friday and Saturday. I also have a Tuesday. And I do have fun once, is, is once a week. Bootsy's on Tuesday. Bootsy right? Bellas, yeah. yeah. Just the, uh, that's all three nights. So then, yeah. But the Tuesday night's fun because it's a little more industry. It's like um, a lot of actors and writers and producers. You know, yeah. it's people who can go out on a Tuesday night based on their well, schedule. I, I knew I was getting older when I'd have to start asking um, what the club was before. It, you know, if they said, hey, Bootsy tonight, I'd say, right. well, what did that used to be? Truesdale and, and yeah, before Truesdale, that. Yeah. And sometimes I'd have to say, what was it before that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just tell me the address right. because I can't, I don't even know. Well, what I'm always are. flattered because you said that. In order to find out what's going on in LA, you text me, so I take that. Yeah, as, I take yeah. that as a compliment. You actually. are my first text in anything Hollywood. That. That's good. Yeah, I got appreciate it. It. that's a good uh, validation for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, what he said in the article that he quoted, the part where he quoted me, he said um, tells a story about how he met Hayden Panettiere at a club one night, and he mm-hmm. made her smile. And he said every time he tells the story, he embellishes it a little more. So he's saying part of surviving the nightclub scene or at least keeping it fun, is to go where celebrities are. Because mm-hmm. then at least you get a story. Right. And so right. the quote he used from me, he had interviewed me about nightlife, and the piece he picked was, I said, um, he said, he basically wrote, if you take a girl out and you can get her in the room with one of her favorite stars, she'll love you forever. And then he quotes me as saying, that's the place she reads about online or in magazines. There seems to be an added excitement for people when they find themselves at a table next to a celebrity, because it must mean they're in the right place if it's the same spot someone like Leonardo DiCaprio would choose when he can get in anywhere in the world. And then I said, and Leo, for the record, is 37, because right. the article's about being in your 30s. But um, I do think that's true. I think it keeps it exciting when you're 
in this place where everyone else is excited. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. The rest of the club is kind of excited it, to be there. It's funny he said that about the girl because I, I recently um, took a girl on a date um, to my favorite restaurant in, in L.A. And I'm not going to mention it because I, <laughs> I don't want people to know about it. But <laughs> okay. it turns out my manager um, was there with another one of his clients, James Gandolfini, I'm going to go ahead and pick that one up off the floor. Oh, there's going to be a lot of that. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of it during, during <laughs> but, uh, this hour. But my point <laughs> to the story is, is uh, I had to use a name because, um, so we walked in and it was her and I's first date. And um, so, of course, I walk up and, and say hi and introduce her to my manager in Gandolfini. And as I'm walking away, we had a nice little chat and I've known Jim for a while now. But as we're walking away, I'm like thinking to myself, this this couldn't hurt. Like this oh, no. could not hurt my date right now. <laughs> Absolutely not. So he, he makes a valid point. Yeah, it's true. I mean, listen, I, even if it's, you know, sometimes it's George Clooney, and then it feels a little threatening, but at the end of the day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we used to throw that party at Stone Rose on Wednesday nights, and Clooney's friends with Randy Gerber, who owns it, and yeah. he would come, and you would honestly see girls who always have it together would lose it for George oh, Clooney. Oh, yeah. I, dude, I would lose it for Clooney. If, <laughs> if I lost a girl to him, I'd brag about it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not bad. Clooney stole my chick. How awesome is that? Yeah, if you're going to lose to somebody. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I thought it was an interesting article, and he talks, you know, he just basically talks about you know, befriend the bartender and stuff like that. Little tips to just sort of surviving it as you get older. But it was funny to me because a lot of the country will read that article and think, you know, 30s is old to go out. And in L.A., I feel like it's young. Like 20s and 30s in L.A. is when you should be going out. Yeah, It's like a fountain of youth out here. And then maybe 40s, you should start reflecting a little and right. saying, what am I doing? Right. Well, I remember when I was in my 20s and uh, one of my old agents, Amy Abel, who you know yeah. well, and, and I remember she would come out from time to time and she'd be like, God, I, I can't, I'm too old for this and this sucks. It's not like it used to be. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, this is the best it's ever been. Like, right. this night is amazing. But I was, you know, 24. Right. And now that I'm older, I go to clubs some nights and feel like, she, you know, I find myself saying the same thing she was saying. It's like, this isn't what it used to be, which... For me, it's not anymore, but for those kids, it is. So, How old were you when you moved to L.A.? Originally? Oh, I was 19, 18, 19 years old. And I didn't really go out a lot right then because um, it takes a while to get into the know, yeah. to get in the mix. I know. And, <laughs> you know, and it, I think it was uh, uh, Pantera Sarah when she had uh, Dublin's on Mondays. Yeah. And that was like, I mean, even Jay-Z was rapping uh, Bublin and Dublin. Yep. Whatever, but that was like it, Britney Spears, Justin yeah, Timberlake. Yeah, that was when I first got introduced. And then, you know, all it takes is somebody like Sarah to take you under her wing and befriend you and then you get in the mix and then you meet people and it is kind of funny how you just sort of get in the mix it's like because i know i would see you all we would see each other all the time at hyde that was like 2005 2006 and it was kind of like whoever you saw there just started slowly started becoming your friend because it was like they decided who your friends were yeah exactly because you were all there so you must be you know supposedly doing something right right hyde was like my cheers back then i would go every single day me too i know it was open seven nights a week nothing's like that anymore where it's seven nights a week but it was also kind of there was nothing else going on in town at that point like teddy's had gotten shut down and winston's wasn't open yet and it was la was more about the smaller clubs like 150 person place like hyde it wasn't yet, you know, if you wanted a big club, you'd go to Vegas for the yep. weekend. And they started that Hyde did, where it was kind of oh, like yeah, that intimate thing. Right, but then, you know, bigger clubs came, and all of a sudden there's these 1,000-person, 2,000-person clubs, bottle service. I mean, we were— yeah, sparklers. Yeah, we didn't have sparklers Trends change, you know, and yeah. so when when everybody gets tired of one thing, then they go to the opposite. And right. I'm pretty sure that the, the exclusive thing is going to come back soon. I hope so. I mean, yeah. we're trying to do it in the back, back room of Bootsy Bellows. You were there the, yeah. a couple weeks ago. yeah. I, I like that back room better. Right. Um, it's, but also, it's more too, of a lounge. You, you have to think about the music, too. I mean, music influences a lot. And right now, all the music's very um, 
aggressive, yeah. you know, and and I think that that kind of music then bodes better for like a bigger club with the sparklers and, and all the scenery. But you know, if, if I think if the music music gets more into like a, a lounge type feel again, then yeah. you go back to that smaller atmosphere. Gosh, those were fun days. Back yeah, then. I'm no, like reminiscing. You have to. I mean. I'm so glad that we did it. I'd yeah. never change a thing, but I could never do it like that again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah it was fun at the time. It was, and it was, believe it or not, it's, it was good networking. I mean, yeah. actors meet writers, writers meet producers. I mean, it, yeah. it was a nice room full of people. And every, a lot of people are still friends. Yeah, and a lot of people are still going. And <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what's crazy. Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, there are, there's so much going on in the news this week. I mean, I have to mention this. It's a bit of a downer, but I will mention it. I'm going to touch more on it on my next podcast. But um, usually I'm going to do like five things going on in entertainment and talk about them. But this week I'm just going to talk about this one. Um, uh, Tony Scott, the director, passed away on Sunday. And I mention it because, you know, this is an entertainment podcast. And he directed so many movies. I mean, we're like almost the same age. So many movies that we grew up with. Yeah. And it was the kind of movies like you watch over and over. Had you ever met him or worked with I, him? No, no, I wish, but no, it's it was so sad. I out mean, of the blue, it was out of the blue. There's a lot of mystery still. I mean, it, it's Thursday. It yeah. happened Sunday. There's is a lot of mystery still surrounding it. Brain cancer is that? No, now? it was a rumor. That was a rumor. Yeah, and like his family came out and said it wasn't it. Which almost not that that made it better, but it seemed understandable. Like a, at yeah, least, it right? seemed like a reason. And yeah. so now. No one knows why, but but um, I've been reading so much about him this week. I mean, he was one of those directors. He had 30 years of movies under his belt and so many more still to come, like a Top Gun sequel. So it's one of those things you're just like, why, you know? Well, yeah. You know, well, I guess it'll it'll come out it'll more pro- in the yeah. next few weeks. It'll but um, But he, just to name it so people know, he directed Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop 2 and Days of Thunder, Crimson Tide, Enemy of the State, Man on Fire, and he also directed a movie called True Romance, which is like everybody's favorite movie. Like mm-hmm. our age, that's yeah. probably the movie I hear the most when I ask people what their favorite movie is. Yeah. True Romance. It was written by Quentin Tarantino, directed by Tony Scott. So people our age were, I thought, really affected this week by it. And it's sort of like this dark cloud over the city this week. Yeah. But, um, well, and then and then the next day, Phyllis Diller passed away. Right. And, you know, they always say it's in three. I know, I know. So, so then everyone's holding yeah. on. <laughs> I stayed inside for two days. Exactly. It's like you don't want to leave your house. But, uh, but yeah, so what I'm going to do is, because there's so much to talk about with Tony Scott's career and his filmography, I'm going to have Ben Lyons from E! and Extra. He's going to come on the next podcast, and we're going to sort of dive into the oh, cool. filmography. And this this week, we're going to talk about the Riley Smith filmography. I'm sorry, guys. No, I think it's fun. <laughs> You've done a lot. Now, listen. Uh, Journeyman is what I was called recently. Really? I, I kind of embrace that. Well, listen, you and I have talked about this a lot, and you can maybe explain it better. I will try to. But in terms of booking different jobs and playing different roles, out of all my friends, I think you've played the ma- most roles of all my acting friends. Or booked the most jobs and just did the same thing in every one. <laughs> well, no, but you played different characters yeah, at least, yeah, with okay. different names. Yes. So, yeah, so it was basically, you know, like we know people who they're on a show yeah. for however many years. They play that same character for, yeah. for 10 years. So, yes, they're doing a lot of episodes, but they're that same character. Right, right. But, in terms of playing different roles or, you know, episode arcs on hit TV shows or movies, you've, how many have you booked well, at I, last I, count? Well, my IMDb, what's it say, like 56 or something I like that. I think more than that. Maybe I think more. It, isn't it more? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I try not to remember. Count. But, yeah. Um, at least 56. You know, the, the thing about that is that it's, um, I guess there's, there's good sides to both. Like, right. how amazing would it be uh, to have Ben Ashton 
Kutcher and and the, the first thing you audition for literally is the 70s show and yeah that pretty much takes care of everything right. you know from from your reputation to uh you know financially to everything and then you know from then on I mean he probably was offer only for everything after that oh you're right and he if didn't you think, have to audition yeah if you think about that I mean I can't tell you how many hours uh, it's unbelievable that you prepare for auditions and you you know you take your time to go over to them wherever that in the city and and then sit in the waiting room and, and then go in and dance like a monkey and then not get it. Right. Or even if you get it, you know, it's like the amount of time in, in uh, auditions I had to go through to book 60 projects right. is, is, is probably, I would never want to count that up. So right, how many you didn't get. Yeah. But, but that's an impressive, I think that's an impressive. Yeah, so then on the flip side of that, to say that you can go in and book that many, that many things right. and that that many people, you know, trust you over everybody else to hire you for that is... I guess, you know, something special in its own right. Yeah, and it um, gives you a certain confidence. You know you can walk in a room and yeah, book and a job. At least it, it kept me from ever doubting what I'm doing for a living. You Is know? the phone call still exciting when you get that, the 60th phone call like that you booked in your job? <laughs> yeah, I, th- there's different levels of excitement. Right, you depends know, if, it is. Yeah, if it's, uh, you know, if it's something smaller or, you know, let, you know if it's a... Uh, a few episodes on something it's like okay cool now i know i've got a job and here's what i got to gear up for if it's a you know a bigger project a bigger movie or like a series um you know where you're the series regular or the lead then then you're really excited obviously that never goes away right um but i've gotten to the point now with with i don't even call and check to see how the feedback or how (laughs) it went or anything it doesn't matter you know how uh, you've been acting for what's the matter for 14 years 14 yeah so so at this point if you don't hear from them you just I move forget. On. I move on. A lot of times, I'll see stuff on television late, <laughs> right. late, later and down the like, road. Oh, I auditioned for that. So, yeah, I was like, man, that, those lines sound familiar. And it's like, that's <laughs> right. I think I auditioned for that. Right. So, so you, that's how you find out you didn't get it when, yeah. it's, on, oh, when that, it's on TV. I saw that guy in the waiting room. <laughs> right. But that's yeah. interesting though. People don't think about that when they think of their favorite actors or whatever. They don't realize that a lot of time they're driving around in their car with their sides, which is talking like to the themselves. Scripts. Yeah. yeah, talking to themselves, prepping, sitting in a waiting room. I mean, even parking a- tickets. Right, right, because it takes longer than gas you thought. to get there. Yeah, right. you spend about as much as you make if, if sometimes. You know, yeah, but even Ashton Kutcher, someone like that, I'm sure there were roles that people couldn't see him in because of 70s show that he then did have to prove himself or audition right. for. But you're right. I mean, the the offer only thing people don't realize how that's such a weight off your back. Yeah. When it's just probably offers. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, you make a good point too. Then I guess if you're on something for a long time, people get typecast, and right. that's also, you know, to their detriment. So there's there's pluses and and minuses to each side of it. Right. Um. But I, I've always um I've always been really uh, pleased that you know I've been able to to sustain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to. To a lot of the times in my early twenties, when I was still playing teenagers, a lot of those guys aren't around anymore. Right, they burn out, um, or they, you know, they got that one job, and then people, you know, only saw them as that typecast them, and they really never worked again, and then then that was it. And right, it was over by twenty five. So I never really did enough to get typecast, but I did enough to have a you know a reputation and and whatever that may be. Yeah, and, oh, and enough reputation. enough to keep working and getting hired and so but you also had a good head on your shoulders probably too so that you didn't burn out yeah you know, in, in i'm sure there were i'm sure there's people that would tell you i was a punk but I, you know when I, when I was younger i probably was at times but the one thing i did know is 
is that especially with producers and creators if you know they can hire anybody they want but right. they want to be around somebody they like somebody exactly. that's enjoyable at work and so i always try to pride myself on on that and a perfect example is like uh, joel cernow who created 24 yeah still a good friend and, and a boss of mine on three or four different shows i think right. i did a couple pilots 24 for him and you know, those are the kind of people that, that that's so priceless. I mean, not only are they great at what they do and they're nice people, but if you have a relationship, a friendship, then you always know that if you go in and do your job, it's going to make it that much easier for them to hire you. Right. You do a good job. You show up on time. Yeah. <laughs> they know, they yeah. know your reputation. But also, you know, TV shows and movies take so many hours that, yeah, when you break for lunch, you do want to be working with somebody exactly. that you can sit down with and talk all the, to. Yeah, and, all the time while they're doing setups and you're sitting in those cast chairs. Right. That's that, you have more of that than anything. Right. So you want somebody that you just get along with and is easy. Yeah. You know? So when you moved here, what, it was to be an actor at, what, yeah. at 18 or 19 years old. At, yeah. At, 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 God, I should know this. Um, well, I think <laughs> I, what happened was I moved from Iowa is where I'm from. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about um, that. And I moved from Iowa to New York first. And, um, you know, I think the main goal was to be an actor, but modeling was a little bit of an opportunity when I was that age. And how did it, uh, how did it start? Did you get discovered in Iowa? I did. I got discovered in, um, my mall in my hometown by a, uh, lady, the same lady that found Ashton. Oh yeah. He was in Iowa too. Yeah. We, and we started, she started, she found us about the same time, like the same month. And I was picking out my tux for my, uh, prom my senior year. (laughs) And, uh, I walked out of the tux shop and she approached me and, um, then the rest is history. We got flown to New York, and we, we were living in a model's apartment. Um, Had you thought about it before she approached you? Um, I no, like- I don't think so, because back then you didn't have the Internet. Um, right. You know, so everything seemed so out of reach. And to be – I lived on a horse ranch in the middle of nowhere in Iowa. And, <laughs> right. um and I did the musicals and plays in high school, and I was always into the arts. Um, and I liked to sing and stuff like that. But I, I – uh, I, it just didn't seem like it was attainable, you know. You don't even know where to begin. Right. So once that, once she approached me, then it became a little bit more of an opportunity, you know, a chance. And so I, I talked my folks into let me do it for the summer. Right. And That's I'm always pop- how it starts. So yeah. You get your parents to let yep. you do something for a couple months, and then yeah. you slowly. Yeah. And then I just said, I'm <laughs> not going to go back to. I'm not going to school. So I. Um, you were in high school or college? I just graduated high school. Oh, high school, right? So it was in between. Well, so and at least you graduated high school. Yeah. So you had yeah. that. Yeah, and then barely. <laughs> right. and, and then I just stayed in New York for until December. So I was there from July until – or June until December. And you're working. You're making money for the first time. I was. Time. I was doing little, you know, modeling things. I did a stint with Tommy Hilfiger. And, and what year was that? 1997. Okay. I interned at Tommy Hilfiger in 2000. Yes, in 97. And then – I probably saw those pictures somewhere. Probably. <laughs> they, yeah, they were they, – I mean, it was a nice little ad for the – for that like whatever it was i think it was fall but um and then and then i got a uh my first commercial audition ever was um was a wendy's 99 cent chicken nugget commercial (laughs) and i they're still 99 cents (laughs) they still are to this day it's the only thing that stayed the same right but i I got it and and uh and i went to miami and filmed it and then i had then i was like hooked i'm like this is what i'm gonna do just because i booked one commercial well eighty nine thousand commercials later i never booked another one Oh really? And so I quit doing commercials within like the first year because it was I was wasting. So that was your commercial. That was the only one, only but time. You know, I it's funny though. It's it's cool that you were scouted that way in a mall, and you and Ashton Kutcher. And there's a story like uh, Natalie Portman in like a pizza place in Long Island. Yeah. I feel like it doesn't happen anymore because they don't feel like they have to go out and scout because 
you have the internet. Well, you know what's like fun- you can upload an, a video to YouTube. Yeah. Why would we go scout the mall? But you go to the mall, you find the real kids. I started. My my mother is still in Iowa, and um, she was she's always been interested in the business. And now, since she's seen me through it for right. fourteen years, um, she knows a lot of people that she's met through me and. And so she s- decided she wanted to start scouting. And so, I, yeah, and so she did. She's been doing it for a year now. And she just signed, uh, she found a girl a, a, who is in all black makeup, literally in a musical, in all black makeup in a cat suit. But she was tall and had good features. My mom <laughs> ran up to her, got her name. Anyway, um, she's flying to New York. She already went to New York, got signed with IMG, who's the number one <laughs> model agent in the world. They love her. She's moving to New York uh, next week. She um, also so is your mom their manager? Scouts yeah, their yeah. She'll be their like manager. their mother manager. Was now. she ever your manager? Or no? no, 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 no. You never no. had that. No, I, I had my own stuff going on. No, but you, wanna, you know, maybe it's better. I mean, maybe that's a. But, the, but sometimes when people's parents are their managers, it doesn't no, work yeah. out that well. And, and my mom's a scout anyway. She doesn't really have to manage them. Just basically get them placed. And um, but now nah, she's she's doing well, and she finds these kids in the most random spots in, in restaurants and in the malls. And she went to the Iowa State Fair this weekend and, and she sends me pictures all the time of these like 14 year old girls like what do you think of this one and I'm like mom if my phone ever gets confiscated right, it's gonna exactly. look so bad yeah <laughs> let's have all these Stop pictures sending of me pictures. 14 year olds you know right. on my phone, in cat weird. suits yeah <laughs> but she's That's doing funny. really well and and yeah and so so she isn't managing them no she she's isn't. not i mean scouting I, like what, when you're scouting what you your scout involvement and passed. then and then basically she helps place them with the model agencies and right. she has now like relationships with all the major model agencies so she'll place them and then basically is kind of like a mother to them like overseas make sure they're okay you know um, follows up with them if they're not happy she can move them to another agency while at the same time still scouting and then she'll get a percentage you know she gets a good percentage off of each one so it's not a lost art there is no Uh, yeah because a lot of these yeah i'll tell you the deal is is uh, and i told my mom this because she'll have people call her all the time now to say uh, i think i should be a model oh right and i'm like mom anybody (laughs) that thinks they should be a model probably shouldn't be we'll tell you yeah it's always these kids Kids that are like nerdy and too skinny and right, you know. So yeah. So anyway, the ninety nine cent nuggets, and then that led to a, a television pilot audition, which I got a test for and flew me out to L A. And you that do? was January of ninety eight. And okay. then and then I, I got that, and then never left L A. Wow. So yeah. were you, did you do the Oakwood Apartments? Uh, no, I did the art. Uh, what was it called? Archstone Apartments, oh, which is right. Is that the around, competitor? I, I, I guess that's we so had funny. in that apartment building. Get this: we had uh, Megan Fox lived right above me. We had Shia LaBeouf. Uh, we had Ryan Cabrera, Ashley Simpson. We had. I mean, it was that's so funny. Yeah, that one was um, Jen Morrison from uh, it was House and now right. Once Upon a Time. Yeah, our 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 little floor, like the two levels. <laughs> Everybody's. And made then it. a ton of porn stars, which made it really weird. Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting mix. Yeah, so that was. Where I was at, I did the Oakwood Apartments in O two and O three. Okay, two stints, two different stints. But yeah, it was. I was. I had just graduated college, so I was twenty two. But a lot. There's a lot of child actors. Yeah, and, and like and their parents. Moms. Well, either it was either like a parent or a grandparent or yeah. a guardian, but it was one adult and a kid, and they would just audition because I did one of my stints was April to August, so that April pilot right. season. Everybody was, moves into town. Oh my God, scripts. And it, it was interesting. So but, gentlemen um, listening out there, if you are uh, into <laughs> stage moms, just head over to the uh, right. Oakwood apartment. Well, do you know what it is? It's not, it's, it's college kids who just got here, kids and their stage parents, and then divorced guys who get kicked out of the house. Like, <laughs> who, who are now hooking up with the stage moms. That's actually not a bad right? matchmaking that, situation. Actually, that's not a bad script. <laughs> right. I've already, uh, I've already just it. released it to the world. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, it's true. It's like guys who get kicked out of the house, you know, you, you leave with your little tote bag of 
clothes, yep. you go to Oakwood because it's furnished. Yeah. You know, Oakwood Apartments is like oh, yeah. this furnished and they have week like, to week. But it's also like um, they have a laundromat up in there. Oh, yeah. Not laundromat. Oh, but you don't like have a, to leave. Convenience no, store, a the movie pool. theater. Yeah. I think, I don't, I don't know if we talked about this last week with Ben Savage, but I... Uh, I used to go to the convenience store, get a turkey sandwich, get the Hollywood Reporter and Variety, and go to the pool and eat lunch and read my trades. And I was like 22, thinking I was like Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> Meanwhile, lounging at the pool. You're in Burbank off right. of Barham. Exactly. But you're right next to Warner Brothers. Katie, yeah. Katie Holmes once did an interview saying that she like stood on Barham waiting to see George Clooney drive by to go to the ER set. Like really? When she did the Oakwood in the 90s. It's not a bad idea, actually. Well, eventually he's going to drive by. But, That's true. Uh, and now look at Katie Holmes. I know. I know. <laughs> she could get George Clooney now. She's single again. She's single again. Huh. Opportunity comes around again. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So now you booked that pilot. Let's go back to, I've got your filmography in front of me. Yeah. So this is like, this is your life. So you just let you just share whatever stories you can share from from these different okay. projects. Uh, the first thing I found that I re- you know you note, that I recognized yeah. 1999. So I guess you had just got yeah here. I got here January of 99. Um, the television show Seventh Heaven. Right, and that was that was so the pilot I did when I moved here was for the the WB, which is now the CW. Right, um, and here I am 14 years later, still working with them. I know we'll get to that. We'll yeah, get to that. but they. Um, yeah, they're, 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 uh, the thing about that network is they're really loyal, and if they like you, they keep you busy. So the pilot didn't go, but then I think I did a guest star or two on every show they had on the network <laughs> right. at that time. So Seventh Heaven was the first one. They stuck that me, show was on forever. Me. Yeah. Yeah, so Do you we, remember that experience or getting like geez, booking that? Barely. Was had it been on for a while when you got it? Yeah, yeah, I think it'd been on for a while. All I remember is I had the biggest crush on Jessica Biel. I was that was gonna yeah, be my next question. That was that was all <laughs> I remember about that show. Um, <laughs> and and so I was nervous to, to hang around her. Um, Were you acting with her? No, I wasn't. I was acting with another actress on the show. I forget her name. <laughs> um, In the family? Yeah. Beverly Mitchell, maybe? Yes, that was yeah. it. Yes. Um so yeah, I played Beverly's love interest for one episode. Got and, it. Well, I think it was probably a, a you know, obviously with the with the guest stars, you just you come in, you're a jerk, and you ruin something, and then you leave. So <laughs> right. that's probably you're like, what can I, I be nice so that Jessica Biel's character falls in love? Yeah. With <laughs> Let's think about how I could stick around. But no, that was I don't really remember much other than that with that show. But when you got it, you must have been excited. Yeah, yeah. Or it must have been a big deal back in Iowa. That yeah, Riley Smith is on. Once, yeah, Seventh Heaven. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, to be on TV at all and to actually be getting jobs at that point, you're just excited. It, it could be, you know, I did some really. We won't mention these, but some bad movies that were just, you know, things that I booked. And at that time, you don't know if they're good or bad. You just do them because right. you're just happy to get a job. And you know, management sitting there going, "Oh, this won't hurt you. It doesn't matter." And, and right. it's true, everybody has them, but. Regardless, they're still embarrassing to use. So, right. Yeah, I was just happy to get anything at that time. Right. So now 2000, uh, I have down that you did five episodes of a show called Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, and that's when things started that's to get... That's huge. That's when they started to get better. Okay, yeah. well, so I jumped over some stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but Freaks and Geeks is produced by Judd Apatow. Right. And for, if anyone doesn't know, it was on for one season on NBC. Mm-hmm. He also had a show called Undeclared, which I love. That was on Fox, also first season. Yep. So Judd Apatow, now that we know, is this prolific movie producer that makes all these hit movies was struggling to keep his two shows on the air. I think he was ahead of his time. He was, and they, they had such cult followings, too. Huge cult followings. I actually went last year to a theater on Wilshire, had a reunion, where he, Judd Apatow reunited the cast from the two shows oh, and cool. had them all come out and do a panel and show clips. And yeah. and 
I mean, the people on the show were Jason Siegel and yeah. you know Charlie Jason, Hunnam. Jason still Jason still calls me by uh, by my character name. Oh like, really? He's super cool. I love him. I mean, What's your character name? It was Todd Schlesinger. Oh yeah, <laughs> and um, that's catchy. Yeah, total '80s name. I had the '80s feathered hair, but but yeah, he's still every time he sees me, he'll run up and give me a hug. But he calls me Todd. He's like, "What's up, Todd?" That's so funny. But yeah, that was a good. That was a good. Um, that's I mean, a great gig for just starting out, especially. I mean, that was yeah. a critically acclaimed and looking. Show. Yeah. And NBC and looking back now, just to be able to say you were a part of it, yeah, is is kind of cool. And five episodes too; they were only like ten anyway, so you yeah, were you were yeah. twelve. Yeah, I so think I was in more than that. And IMDb's jipping me, but whatever. Yeah. So, but you were you were a. Uh, <laughs> I don't need any more credits. Right, you were rec- you were recurring. Let's yes, say. yes, almost a regular. Uh, yeah, something like. But that. yeah, the cast was great. But do you have, do you remember? Judd Apatow at all? Did oh, you yeah. interact with him? And Paul Feig and all those oh, guys. Oh, yeah, Paul Feig directed yeah. Bri- Bridesmaids. He used to direct it. Yeah, I remember Paul Paul and Judd were in the audition. I'll never forget that. Um, and I remember I still see it to this day because the kid that went in before me on that audition, he wa- he was one of those guys that don't – any actor out there listening, don't ever do this because you'll get talked about on radio later. <laughs> the kid walks out of the audition, and he literally gives a fist pump, and he goes – Yes, nailed it. Uh, and then he looked at me, and I was standing there ready to go in next. And he goes, "You go get him, Tiger." Uh, and he, for the same role? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so you got yeah. it? Yeah. And then I got it. So I was just like, "Dude." Yeah. For some don't, reason, don't the, I, the thought of anyone saying they nailed it, you immediately are like, "No, you didn't." Yeah. <laughs> Probably I, not. I was I was laughing as I walked in the door because I'm like, "This guy just said go get him, Tiger." Right. <laughs> so there. So you went in in a good mood. Yeah. And you got yeah. him. Yeah. That's good. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a. Do people recognize you from that? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like that for the people that are into that show yeah, because yeah, it's cult, you know. Then they know everything about it, and there's so few to watch that I think they they get all get seen. Then you over know, of and course. over. So yeah. yeah, they've released that DVD set. So, so yeah, there's, many there's times. definitely random random people out there that that recognize from that freaks and geeks fans. Yeah. Um, what about the, uh, the movie Bring It On? Mm-hmm. Well, that tell one, me about that. That one was um, an afterthought because. Um, Basically, that was 2000, the year 2000. Yeah, same time, actually, I think around that same time. My, my buddy Huntley Ritter was one of the leads of the movie. He played uh, the gay cheerleader. Right. And so after they had got done shooting the movie, they realized that they needed to add a scene that really uh, put him over the top <laughs> because they didn't really, I guess, in the first... I thought uh, that was Jesse Bradford, or he was the brother. No, he was the brother. Oh, okay. He, um, so anyway, they needed to make it make sure that people realized that he was gay. So they added one scene where he has an interaction with one uh, another cheerleader and and uh, was that you? Yeah. So, oh, so I didn't remember that. So basically, he called me and just said, "Hey, man, you know, Help if I got if I got to do this, uh, I'd love to do it with a buddy, make it a little bit easier." And he wow. goes, "You want to you want to do it?" And I was like, ah, "Why not?" You know. I don't, <laughs> And nothing else going on. And right. So, um, it's a Kirsten Dunst movie. Yeah. How bad could it be? Yeah. So I went in, I had one scene, and I played a guy cheerleader who he basically hits on, and, and that was it. And then, of course, in the in the credits, it says guy cheerleader, but everybody knows that I was basically playing a gay guy, I guess. So then now everyone's like, is it the gay cheerleader or the guy cheerleader? Right. Well, know. guy cheerleader. Yeah. I mean, it's a movie about girl cheerleaders, so you're, right, you're a guy, guy cheerleader. cheerleader. Yeah. So I So you didn't get to interact with any of the females on the set? Um, no. I, it was one day of shooting at some on like a, a you know like basically just reshoots of, but I feel like know. that movie ended up being kind of like a surprise hit I don't think people realized it was going to be as big as it was oh it was Bring it, on. it was it was a big hit for them I unfortunately I didn't really have much to do with it <laughs> right. so um, I'm glad you know another one of those things where you're like I guess I can say I was in it right you know? exactly right because when I saw that I was like I don't remember it but I'll no I'll it, bring it, it was up. so random but um, 
you know, I guess I I don't ever want to be that guy on my resume where it says guy cheerleader, right? Um, or or just guy number one or whatever. Because <laughs> right. you don't want that on your random, resume, but random guy. You know, I, I helped a buddy out and it ended up being a big movie, so it's not a yeah. total loss. No, it's good. Yeah. And then um, okay, two thousand one, you did a movie called Motocrossed on the Disney Channel, and our friend Mikey Rowe. Who's yeah. a mutual friend of ours. Who I probably, you know what? I probably met him that same night at Mike yeah. Lucas' house yep. with Angelique. Yep. Um, so wait, did he know Angelique from Texas? Uh, no, he just met Angelique through us. Oh, out here. I keep thinking everyone know, knew her from Texas. She's gonna love that we've talked about it this. I much, know so. this is the Angelique show. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell her to listen. Um, but yeah, I met Mikey Rowe the same night. He always jokes with you. He, he brings it up all yeah. the time that you are always recognized for this movie called Motocross. Yeah, he calls it getting crossed. Getting crossed. He's, he's actually put a put a term to it now. And oh, he, get it when you get recognized. Yeah, it's called it's, getting crossed. Yeah, you got crossed. Yeah. So now a 2001 Disney Channel movie. That means everybody who's now in their 20s yep. grew up watching that movie. Yeah, I've seen the sliding scale of age uh, happen because of that. Um, you know, when it when it first came out. First of all, I n- never watched Disney growing up. We didn't have cable, right. so I didn't know. But it, Disney Channel also, when we were kids, wasn't what it is no, now. No, and they just started doing those. Uh, those movies, the, uh, whatever they're called, High School original, right. yeah, original movies for Disney. Right. So that was one of the earlier ones, and it was actually ended up being one of the more popular ones. But you know, once again, it was pretty much before the internet was popular. Right. So it kind of missed that curve of High School Musical as far as uh, what the what the public knew. Do you it. remember auditioning for that? I do. I remember auditioning somewhere deep in the valley for it, and I didn't have any idea what was going on. Just uh, once again, it was an opportunity, and. Uh, and so for people who might not have seen it to give a little one-liner what what it's about uh basically a girl um uh cuts her hair all off and poses as her brother to um ride motorcycles um to do to do uh motocross and um she's ends up falling in love with this uh, uh pro motocross guy played by me and and um and then you know that's it's so you're the love interest which based means off that of all a, the teenage girls watching you know, yeah, you end up being the heartthrob. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Just a bad thing. I guess, yeah. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember filming, and I have fond memories of it. It was filmed in San Diego, and and I had a blast doing it. I just had no idea the impact that it was going to have. Right. And and it was one of those things where when it came out, like I remember when it aired, um, and the next day, it was like you couldn't go anywhere without little. And at that time, then it was like 13, 14, 15 year old girls. Right. You couldn't go anywhere without those, and they would go nuts. They would scream, they would cry, they would shake. It's great. And it was like a boy band type. <laughs> right. And I That's was your con- boy band moment. I was confused, and then my manager would send me these big boxes of fan mail, and I'm like, I don't understand how this is happening because I didn't realize the power that Disney had. Right. Now people have Twitter, so they yeah. see the tweets and yeah, they now can you, figure now it you out. Now you know, yeah. And, <laughs> right. and you know, I mean, it was like proof was high school musical you saw how that happened and, and and how it changed their lives well for us i don't even think the industry knew i remember i was doing a series called raising dad for the wb right with bob saget and um i was supposed to only do like three episodes and uh the it was a live audience and it just so happened that night the that the executives <laughs> were there for the wb that all these girls were in the audience and it, they went crazy and I was still a little bit like, geez, this is embarrassing. I was no, that's great because it's like a sampling. And the next of your day, fan base. the next day, the WB called and offered me a series regular. Like they thought they did it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And but we didn't. Yeah, we had no idea. But now I've seen those those girls or kids, whoever they are, was thirteen to fifteen then, are now twenty three to twenty five, and they still remember. Like you and I still remember our first yeah. girl crush. I guess. Yeah. 
Um, it seems really vain that I'm talking about this. No, no, no. It's, Listen, it's your career. It, but it, also, Disney Channel, it's the kind of thing where it didn't just play once and never again. Because, like, uh, probably back then they had less content. Because yeah. they didn't have, like, all uh, the TV it's still, shows. It still replays. Right. right? That's I'm, what I was I mean, going to say. Here it is, like, 10 years later, and I'm, you know. <laughs> right. I, yeah, it's weird. But that's the point. It's like, it's almost like a, it, it was like an HBO for kids where it's just movies yeah. on a loop. And so if you missed it the first time, so you, the audience was probably, you can't even count. How many people watch that movie? No. Why I, wasn't there a sequel? Because High School Musical, they made sequels. I have no idea. They I, actually, it. they made Supercrossed. Yeah, remember that? They did Supercrossed. Uh, no, Mike, Vo- Mike Vogel basically played. Um, oh, it was a different character. Yeah, a different character, but he was like that role. Got it. I wasn't even allowed to audition for it. Um, well, no, so Supercrossed was kind of the spinoff of Got that, it. I guess. But um, yeah, so Roe has talked me into reprising Dean Talon, which is the character. The character. <laughs> I still have the whole entire outfit. Helmet, oh, you do? The helmet, the... Halloween boots, yeah. So Halloween, I'm gonna reprise it. Perfect. I thought about doing a little spoof on it, um, <laughs> maybe to just throw on like uh, Funny or Die or something. So we'll yeah, see. Let's do that. Is. I'll yeah. direct it. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah, that would actually be really fun. Like what, where your character is ten years later. Right. <laughs> well, that's what we were thinking. <laughs> You're yeah. still this you know, guy. That's this, funny. Yeah. This, yeah, yeah this let's burn do out motocross. Nobody guy. can steal it because they need you to be able to do it. Right. I have the outfit. <laughs> yeah, and you. you. Yeah. Um, okay. 2001, uh, a movie that was on the big screen that I love this movie. It's called Not Another Teen Movie. Mm-hmm. And what's so funny about it now, like I'll still watch it now when it's on, or, and so many people that we know are in that movie. Like yeah. Chris Evans, obviously. Yep. Yep. Joanna Garcia. you know, Jamie, Jamie Presley. Jamie Presley. I mean, so many people went on from that movie. Yeah. Blew up. And I actually remember, um, I think it came out, uh, when, what month? Do you know what month it came out? In uh, 2001? November. Okay, 2001. November. So I was a senior in college. We went to the Carousel Mall in Syracuse, New York. I went to Syracuse University. And I remember a group of us all went so excited because there had been spoof movies of, Mm -hmm. like, um, of, like, you know, the horror movies. Like, there was Scary Movie and those kind of things. But this was the spoof of the teen movies of the 80s and 90s that we grew up with. Yeah. And I remember thinking it's, like, you know, going to be Ferris Bueller and all the – and Cruel Intentions. And it was. I mean, I just remember being completely sort of just, like – satisfied with it I loved it you know and yeah. so for you that must have just Chris has told me stories just how fun it was yeah. shooting that movie we had a lot of fun and obviously I was a, a, um, the, the guy I played Wes Bentley's character from uh, oh right I'm, yeah I'm, I should say that uh, yeah your character was a spoof American on, Beauty yeah the so American the, Beauty character with the video camera yeah the bag and, and all that <laughs> right, stuff the um, white plastic I, I, rem- I do remember all the extras um, thought I was Wes Bentley Oh, um, really? Because I had the whole outfit on. And they, <laughs> a lot of them would come up and ask they thought it was for, a sequel for my of autograph. American Beauty. And I was like, I'm, um, I, I'm, you know, what, why would you want my autograph? And they're like, well, you're an American Beauty. I was like, no, I'm playing the guy from American That's Beauty. That's funny. Yeah, they probably did not understand no, what was going on. Because the outfit was good. I mean, it was authentic. And then, funny enough, that one of those nights that we were up at DeLuca's, you know, um, Wes was up there. And he oh, was that's like, right. I so, remember yeah. him being up there. So he was like, you're the guy, huh? <laughs> oh that's really God. funny. That is funny to meet like, yeah, the, the actor guy that spoofed, spoofed you. Yeah. Um, that was a hit. Not another team movie. It was like a hit movie, and it was like a cult hit, like DVD. Like, everybody's seen that. Comedy Central plays it yeah. all the time. Yeah. That's one. So, but do you think people think it was Wes Bentley? Yeah, I don't think a lot of people recognize me from that as much <laughs> right. because I don't really look, you know, I was dressed as Wes Bentley. Right. So I don't think it was, for me, That it's funny because that was a much bigger movie. I mean, I was on the, the poster, but yet at the same time, you know, it doesn't look like me. Right. So it, it didn't really do a lot for me uh, publicly. Where did you guys film it? I forget, like Albuquerque? Or um, no, no, we filmed it here in L.A. You did? Yeah. 
I thought it was like somewhere, like some remote location. No, no, we filmed it here in LA. In fact, I know the um, the high school that we that we used was, I think, the same one they used in um, the Breakfast Club or one of those. Oh, it looks yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. The, the library looks yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. So for anyone who hasn't seen not another team movie, definitely see that movie. It's still funny. Yeah. I love it. Chris, um, Chris is great in it too. Well, that's I think that's the first time I ever saw Chris Evans. Yeah. Like in a movie was that. That was his. That was his first. Yeah. Big it was break. the perfect role for him to uh-huh. break. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I have to have him on here and talk about that movie. Um, okay, so that was 2001. Uh, you mentioned Raising Dad in 2002. Yep. That was the show with Bob Saget. Yep. Also WB, right? Yeah. So yeah, WB <laughs> did take care of you. Yeah, still paying the bills. <laughs> right. And so they made you a regular, you started to say, on that show. Mm-hmm. And th- wait, who was the daughter? Kat Denning? It was Kat Denning, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, played Kat's, um, I basically played Kat's boyfriend. That's so funny. That was probably like her first thing. It was uh, it was definitely her first on-screen kiss. I remember that. I was more nervous than she was because her mom was standing right <laughs> off camera. How old was she? Oh, like 15, and I think I was like 22. Wow. Yeah, something like that. So, But I had a blast, and Bob Bob Saget could not be a cooler guy. He really is awesome. He's so funny. Yeah. And he really— He's the opposite of his Full House yeah, character. Yeah, he took me under his wing. We had a great time. We, I, I had a blast on that show. I, I thought that everybody was really cool, and Kat, she's super cool. Yeah, um, she went on to great things. Forty-year-old virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now another show you did around that same time, once and again. Yeah, that was a quick one. I don't. That I, was I did a few episodes of that, right? I that was. I don't remember how many I did. <laughs> I what's, that, what's the IMDb? I think set? it was a couple. I think. It I think was I did like three, maybe. Right. And I. But I, that I, was a critically acclaimed. That was probably a, it. Gave you kind of like a new audience because ABC. Yeah. Network, you're off WB. It's kind of. It wasn't that Seal Award. Yeah, Seal Award. Billy and, Campbell. Yeah, and I think Shane West was on that. Oh right. right? I never. Shane worked, West was on, yeah. and Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, I never played. I never worked with Shane on that. Who's obviously a buddy of ours but, yeah um, it's kind of funny when you start to think back like it's hitting me now who all, who was on all these shows with oh you. yeah 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 <laughs> so six degrees of that is unbelievable yeah it's one degree yeah it really is um 2002 movie with david arquette and scarlett johansson called eight-legged freaks yeah i remember seeing that movie in yeah. 2002 I, I had a again i had a small part in that one um that one i, I basically just am the first guy to die when the giant spider <laughs> right. eats me it was a cool death but it's scene. memorable yeah it was one of those um matt zuckery was in that he um he had a little bigger role he lasted a little bit longer yeah but scarlett johansson, scarlett johansson i feel like she know? probably hadn't done that much by 2003 i by mean 2002 t- funny story about that like i'll never forget when you talk about, like small world like when we were filming that in phoenix arizona um at one point we after work we were sitting around drinking in our hotel room and it was me zuckery zuckery at that time was dating kate bosworth and right. scarlett johansson I mean, you know, you look around, like, now, looking back, right. it's funny, but at that time, we were just all kids. Well, I think that's a very funny thing out here when people are like, you know so-and-so, and it's, like, your memory of them. I talked about this with Ben Savage last week. Like, you, you know them. They don't change, but the way people react to them change. Right. So right. it's, like, you're still the same person. You can sit around and hang out. But, like, when pe- other people, like, want pictures with them or scream, like, with yeah. you with, with the Disney movie, it's like that's the difference. That's well, what you have to adapt. Well, to. and what's funny for me sometimes is, um, uh, you know, I'll see them now. Like, it, for instance, Scarlett or Kate, I'll see them a lot more than they'll see me because their pictures are everywhere. <laughs> right. You know, right. they're in every magazine. They're on all all the shows, uh, talk shows and stuff. So I feel like I'm seeing them a lot more, whereas they probably haven't seen me in a couple of years, or if they happen to flip on one of my shows. Yeah. So when I do see them out. I'm always a little hesitant, like, how are they going to react to me? Right. Because I'm going to react to them the same way, but I've seen them a lot more than they've seen me recently. <laughs> right, right. That makes sense. And so, um, 
I feel like I always know a lot more about what's going on in their life than they know about what's going on in mine. Right. Um, but how much? Not all of it might be true. No. And no. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe it's better that they. You know, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That you're not as exposed in that way. But like, I like that Jason Segel comes up to you and calls you the freaks and geese yeah. character. Because <laughs> like, I get, I guess there is that part of you like that wonders. I wonder if they remember me. But of course they do. Yeah. Yeah. Just because they're like. Whatever, married to some yeah, it's a we- it's a weird thing, right? It's weird yeah. that you think they won't remember. Or you have to remind them. I just try to not treat anybody any different, regardless of exactly. who they are. What you know, what the, is it's like our relationship is ours. However, we spent the time. Like Kate and I, all will always remember we were drinking in Phoenix, <laughs> right. Arizona, in a hotel. Exactly. So, you know, we'll run into her at Hyde. You know, however many <laughs> years later, and we'll still sit and have a drink. Right. So. Well, that's what's a good thing for people to know is that people don't really change. It's how they're treated mm-hmm. changes right. or how people react to them. Um, 2003, a movie that – another one that really became, I feel like, a cult classic is called Radio yeah. with Cuba Gooding Jr. and uh, Ed Harris. Mm-hmm. I feel like you had a, you had a m- substantial role in yeah. that movie. That was maybe was sort of like – Yeah, that's where things, I think, changed. Your big movie cha- break. Yeah, they changed a little bit in the sense that, like, you know, in that one – And that's only 2003. That's only – you're only out here three or four years. Yeah, That's that pretty point. good. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten that movie. That was yeah that that one I remember I'll never forget when I got the call I was um, driving on Highland, um, uh, and I was uh, just ra- basically right past Hollywood Boulevard I'll never forget and I was just driving and my agent called and said he got it and I was like I had to pull over I was so excited because <laughs> I remember it was you know at that time just with the audition I knew you get the breakdown and it says who's in it and it's a Sony Studio movie right. and it's a fifty million dollar budget or whatever it was and it's got. Oscar nominee Ed Harris and Oscar nominee Deborah Winger and Oscar nominee uh, Cuba Oscar or winner, winner Cuba yeah, Go- yeah Cuba exactly. Gooding Jr. and I'm like um, so that you know and for me every scene was with those people right and it yeah was that's a, a good movie and it was you know a guy who's in the entire thing from start to finish and so that was to me that changed a lot of things you know and 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 I think maybe changed the way people saw me too a little bit because it was less teen stuff and right. more with adults. You know, if you're going toe to toe with Ed Harris, I, le- I learned a lot real quick. Right. What's the one liner if people haven't seen that? That I feel like most people have seen that movie. Cuba, but, uh, Cuba Gooding plays a. It's based on a, a true oh, right, story. It's a true story. Yeah, about a guy that they call Radio um, from South Carolina who is um, uh, mentally or you know uh, challenged, uh, mentally challenged in a way. Um, they're not really sure what's wrong with him, but. But uh, a, a coach in the 70s took him in and uh, basically befriended him and then raised him and gave him gave him a job. Right. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. Um, now, 2000, let's see what order to do these in. So 2003, let's stay in 2003, you joined the television show 24. We're going to be here a long time. Season. No, 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 I got him. <laughs> we're, we're only on 2003. We might to jump ahead some of these. <laughs> well, uh, t- well, 24 you got to talk about. Okay, so when, what year was that? Third season. It says 2003, but maybe this it was... is your job to keep track of my yeah. work. Okay. So then, yes, yeah, it's see, good see, to look back and review. I right. Feel like. <laughs> oh, man, this is scary now. But we got bad, past the bad stuff. Now we're okay. Yeah, so, so now the show 24. It was a hit. It yeah. was in its third season, and you joined the third season. Uh huh. And that's so. Like I said, with radio, how things started to change, and then of course, in 24 is another one of those. Like at that time, that was it. So that came after radio. Yeah, it came right. So out. that's sort of like the shift. Like yeah. when you make the transition from Disney kid yep. to. 
Yep, it was um, it was right after radio, and I'll never forget because I'd just gotten this guest star on. A, it was actually a really great guest star role on this show called Peacemakers, and we were filming in Vancouver, and I was so excited to go do that. And and uh, I got a call from Amy Abel, my agent at that yeah. time, and she said, "You've got this audition for Twenty Four. It's the biggest show on TV right now, yeah. and it's a big arc." She goes, "You have to make it." And I was like, "I got to go to the airport. I'm not even <laughs> going to go. I'm happy to have this job. I'm just going to go, and I'm not going to go to Twenty Four. And she's like, you have to go. And it was out in Woodland Hills. And I was like, oh, man. So I, I like that you remember where every audition oh, is. Oh, yeah. yeah. You spend a lot of time driving there. Yeah. So I drive all the way out. I basically was, like, reading the sides in my car. Just I didn't know it at all. Um, but I figured out quickly that the kid was a kid who's kind of panicky and running and always on a skit. You know. Well, the whole show is yeah, pretty much Yeah, so, so that mood I was in worked, and I barely <laughs> knew the lines. And so I had got to the audition. I had to budge in front of everybody. I was like, I got to make a flight. Can I just go real quick? And so they let me. And I went in, and I read for John Kazar and Joel, Joel Cernow, the, the, the right. creators and producers of the show. And... Um, uh, you know, actually, John Kazar will still tell, say to this day. He told me afterwards, one of the reasons that they they hired me was because I did it once, and they were like, "Okay, uh, we have some notes," you know. And, and I was like, "Guys, listen, I'd love to do it again, but I don't have time. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta get Sorry. to the airport." And I just left. And I think that they were like so taken back by that that uh, maybe you know it was more of a character trait than <laughs> anything, you know. And you made it to the airport. And I made it to the airport, went and did the Vancouver job. While I was in Vancouver, then uh, I got a call that I booked another job um, that I auditioned for that, that same day as 24. Earlier that day, I read <laughs> for a show that you'll probably mention next, which is that movie New York Minute. Yeah. So while I'm in Vancouver, then I get a job. I, I get the two jobs in one day. It's and 20, you were able to line them up. 24 It's kind of New funny. You, your head was out of it because you were trying to get to the airport. And that's how it always works. Yeah. It's when you don't think about yeah. it. Well, yeah, perfect transition. So New York Minute, this is, I remember, um, So I, so this I, is early in my, I remember this being like a thing, like actor friends of mine from my early yeah. time here wanting those two roles. There were two yeah. roles in the movie. New York Minute is a movie with um, the Olsen twins, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Yep. And the story was that they were picking the guys to play their love interest. Yeah. And it was you, Riley and Smith, and Jared, Jared Padalecki. Right. Right. And, and that's how it went down. Like, we all went in and read for one role, and then right. they, they picked two guys for the, you know. So it wasn't the casting directors, it was the girls. The girls. And they were the producers of the movie, and then they got, <laughs> I guess they got to decide who got what guy. How all that went down, I have no idea, but, um, it's yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, and so, you know, that was one of those things where at that time, then, you know, I did radio and then 24. I wanted to kind of stay on that more adult level. Right. At least in my mind. No, no, right? no. Yeah, so it's sort of that step, but, not back, but well, it was into just, the teeny bopper. Yeah, it was like, here's this, here we go with the teen stuff again, but... At the same time, it was a big movie, yeah. you know, and it was their first theatrical release. Right. And, um, like the knew. Olsen twins in 2004, yeah. they were hosting Saturday Night Live. I mean, they were on top of the world yeah. in 2004. Yeah, I'll never forget my manager at the time had said that. He said, look, this is the type of, all those other teen stu- things you did built up to this one. So, right. you know, this is, and so they worked out the dates where literally I would film one week in L.A. on uh, 24, and then I would fly to Toronto right. to film for a week. And I do, went back and forth for like two months. And then between L.A. and Toronto and L.A. and New York, wherever we were filming New York Minute. And um, and it was like polar opposite roles, polar opposite shows. Right. Um, you know, one was lighthearted and like a teen romantic comedy. And the other one was like this like really edgy like. You know, <laughs> right. That's uh, kind of funny. Drama. Yeah. So, um, I was each week I was putting on a different hat. But that those were those were great times. Like I have fond memories of that particular time in my yeah. life. Yeah. 
Did you like the Olsen twins working with them? I loved them. They were great. As your producers, too. That's yeah. kind of funny. They're your co-stars yeah. and your producers. For me, they're, they're really quiet. They're hard to talk to at first until they get comfortable with you. Um, but the hardest part is getting any time with them because they're pulled in so many different directions at that time, and they couldn't go anywhere in public. It was like being with Michael Jackson. Like anytime we were in public, there was paparazzi and people right. screaming. And like, you know, when we, I remember we were in New York trying to shut down like Times Square for them. It's impossible, and there would be paparazzi everywhere. And like, so the minute we do one take, they'd have to like cops would come and whisk them away somewhere, and I'm just left standing there, <laughs> right, <laughs> waiting for the next shot, right. But. Um, did they know that you did the Bob Saget show? Um, I don't know if they did or they not. But did. once again, there's that, that, I know that six full degrees. Circle. Yeah. yeah, they're probably like, and, we and, know you from the Bob Saget show. Yeah, you, you yeah. Well, and I'd, I'd met them before too. Before that, I met them through a mutual friend. Um, well, we used to see that. I used to see them out at clubs. You yeah, know, when, yeah. Like years ago. But they, like you said, they're quiet and they just sort of like yeah. do their thing in the corner. They weren't like loud party girls at no, all. No, no, no. And they're they're very sweet. To but this, I don't think they've made they've made a movie since. They since never then. did. They kind of quit acting after that. So interesting. Um, yeah, I ran. <laughs> I can be the guy that forced them to quit acting. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. They worked with you. Yeah, and that they was never it. acted again. Um, no, they've done a good job of sort of pulling away from the spotlight. Yeah. And now they're fashion designers. And I stuff. barely see them. Last time I saw them was in New York at a club, and they were really, really sweet. Yeah. But, you know, it's like few and far between. Now. Yeah. And then, so a couple other things before we get to what you're doing right now. Um, I remember you did a uh, little premiere party at your house for a show on Fox called Drive. Right. Which was, I feel like that was another project that was kind of ahead of its time. Like, yeah. That was 2007. Emma Stone was on it with you. Yeah, I forgot Emma was in there. Yeah. Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. And it was actually, it was, it's almost, now there's, I feel like reality shows are trying to do yeah. what that show was, which yeah. basically it was. It was like Cannonball Run, right. basically. Right. Cannonball like, Run, the TV show. Ten, like Amazing Race, yep, almost. Yep. Ten strangers um, basically getting to. Um, and get forced into a cross-country road race. Right. It was and, such a cool show. Yeah. And we sh- it, it, the way it was shot, the way it looked, um, there's no rhyme or reason why shows don't last. Right. I mean, listen, I've done 12 pilots that didn't make the air. I've done right. numerous series that last one year. And, and so you, you can never figure out why these things happen. And right. a lot of times when they happen, maybe it was the wrong choice, but then that's all. You have to deal with that and move forward. So I w- was super excited to have gotten that. Yeah, that and, was a good show. And then, um, and I wanted it. I liked the role a lot. And then, you know, it, we we only filmed six episodes. It was on my birthday. I remember showing up to set, and they had a ice cream truck, and they had um, uh, they had like a Pink's hot dog truck. I'm like, man, this is a special day, and it's on my birthday. I don't know what's going on. And, and I remember going. It was so early in the season that we had just gotten our Fox gift bags. In my trailer, I had a gift bag from Fox with a card that said "Welcome to the Family" and flowers, and in the bag was stuffed with gifts. And and then all of a sudden, we get a knock on the trailer door from the uh, oh, no. PA, and he's like, uh, "We're having a meeting, cast and crew meeting in the uh, stage five or whatever right now." And I was like, "Okay." And we go in there, and they're like. Uh, folks, we've been shut down. It's not. We're not getting canceled. We're just gonna have to. We have to catch up with Go, our writing episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after six episodes. <laughs> right. Shit. We never saw each other again. That was wow. it. Yeah. Wait. So they got the ice cream truck and the hot dog truck to sort of soften the blow. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> oh I don't God. remember what. The, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of mean. It's so like, I oh, it's a special day. Yes. And it's my birthday. Yeah. So I went and, 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 oh and but God. in the way they told us too, it wasn't like we're canned. They were like, we're just going on hiatus well, to catch up. We'll never say you're canned. Yeah. Gosh. So yeah. That was that was a hard one, a hard pill to swallow. Well, no, I knew you liked that show because yeah. you did like a, you had a little premiere for it and everything. Yeah. So. Um, but 
let's talk about what you're doing now. Okay. Or, or, I mean, there's other stuff too. The yeah. show, the closer. I feel like closer was a great episode. That was great. That I had was a lot last of fun year. on that. Yeah, yeah with Kira Sedgwick. Yeah. See, that's but see, that's sort of a transition for you too. That's like an adult drama. Yeah. Kind of. Well, I got to play this um, meth head, which was a lot of fun. I put a lot of work into it, and um, I've seen that. Yeah, I've yeah. seen your episode. And of I, I thought that you know, for me, that was a that was a, a good piece of work to have. Right. Um, and then yeah, so that leads us up to. Yeah, but do you f- did you feel that sort of shift? Like, do you feel that what you, the the opportunities you're getting are more adult sort of? Or no, because now I'm playing 25 again. Right. So right. Um, you 25. Know, you were playing 16. Yeah, yeah. So what I've learned is, I guess the one thing I have learned is that you can't control it. Like, right. um, there's no there's no way to control your own destiny. But it's a compliment too that you look young. Like you've yeah. been playing. Well, it's yeah, it's been so frustrating at times because I'll go in for for age appropriate roles and and I'm you know I look like a baby or you know I'm just I, maybe I don't act like my age and whatever the thing is is you know those don't work and then so you've got to find the ones that are younger and right. And, um, so right and, now you're playing 25 years old. Yeah. On 90210. Yeah. For what season is this? Season the five. Fifth season of 90210, which is the, um, not remake. What is it? Continuation of the original show, Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. So that's a lot. I mean, that one was on for ten years, and now <laughs> this one's <laughs> on for five fun. years. I mean, that's right. Or yeah. was it even longer the first one? Yeah. Well, I figured I was tired of shows getting canceled, so I thought I'll get yeah. on one that I know is not getting canceled. Yeah. 90210. Exactly. It's actually serendipitous. Tonight I am doing an event. I'm helping with this party. Um, it's at an Old Navy pop-up shop. Right. And so the Old Navy commercials now are Jenny Garth, Lou Perry, mm-hmm. and, and other cast members too. But basically tonight, uh, they're having Jenny Garth and Luke Perry host this Old Navy party. And so um, I got asked to sort of help promote it and throw the party and invite people. And I have to be honest with you, the response to this, because I, I throw a lot of parties. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do the weekly like nightclub stuff, but like this is like a special event. But the response to this because Luke Perry and Jenny Garth are hosting was so enthusiastic. Right. And it's all people our age right. freaking out. I we mean, grew up to them. But like people are like, can I bring friends? Can I bring my two friends who are obsessed with 90210? I mean, these are like business people or like professional people that so lost two, it when I sent this invitation out. So two questions. One, yeah. is this a party I should be at? Yeah, well, you, you already <laughs> said know. you might go. I know. Yeah. And, and two, yeah, of course. so in 10 years from now, can I be hosting pop-up Old Navy, uh, Old Navy Hopefully. parties? Hopefully. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. And maybe I'll be throwing it. <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> oh, if that's the scenario? Uh, but yeah, but it's so so you're on 90210 and you're the love interest of Sinead Grimes. Yep. How old is she? Character is she Annie. Now? I don't know how old. Or how old is her character? I, I, don't, I don't know. Probably 20 yeah, or and something. The, yeah, probably similar age. Yeah. Um, probably 21 or something. Like and that. she is a sweetheart. I really, yeah. I really enjoy working with her. She's, a re- she's really good, actually, too. Yeah. And, um, and your character's in a wheelchair. He is. He's a paraplegic. Um, which I I love it when basically they they producers came to me uh, before the season started and said um, I just had a general meeting and I didn't know what it was about and so my agents really didn't know and so I just went and they were like well do you know why you're here and I said I feel like Ashton's gonna pop out and I'm getting pumped <laughs> and like, well you knew it was the nine hundred two and producers yeah that's oh, okay. all I knew but I didn't know what they wanted a general meeting about right. and um, they said well we you know we've written a role for you and we'd like to pitch it to you. Um, so there you go. There goes the offer. Yeah, not yeah, to, finally. Not having to audition. Not having to audition after, yeah, all the ones. But I. But they said, you know, and I, then I thought immediately, I'm like, this could go a number of different ways. Like, don't get too excited yet because who knows what the character's going to be. But right. They, they explained this kind of like house 
um, uh, Dr. House, MD type of character who's a paraplegic in a wheelchair. And um, I guess I can talk about it now because there's pictures out. And yeah, when does it start? When does it starts it start October it? 8th. But, okay. But I wasn't supposed to talk about it. Um, but now there, there's pictures out and things. So, you know, I'm in a wheelchair. But right. Um, and I just thought, what a cool idea. What a, you know, that's like if I'm going to do this um, show and, and I'm, I want to do something that's going to stand out and be a little bit different. And challenge yourself. Yeah, that I've never played before. Right. And so I, I got the opportunity to speak with, um, you know, uh, industry professionals about it, about, you know, the what was the, challenges yeah, what was, of handicap. What and, was, like, the process? So you get the job, and then how many weeks do you have to sort of prep? Um, and what was cool about the job, too, is that when they, they wrote it as a working character, they named him Riley because they were writing it for me. And so then they said, do you mind if we just keep his name Riley? Oh, since no way. it's just easier for us since we've already got his, that name in our head. And I was like, yeah, it's great. So now I'm playing a guy named Riley. <laughs> I think that's also the ultimate compliment, too. It's like when I write a script, when I name a character with an actor in mind, yeah. I think actors like to hear like you wrote it with me in mind. Yeah, I that's, mean, that's neat. A huge yeah. compliment. I, oh, I was so flattered. I walked out of that office and it was the first time I'd been excited again in a while um, because of, you know all those little things that we we're talking about that add up. You know, it, like just that they had thought of me in that light and and then they wrote a really cool character. And you and, didn't have to audition. And, I didn't, and yeah. his name's Riley. Yeah. And he's in a wheelchair, which yeah. makes it interesting. So immediately they were like after they gave me the the, the, the layout of the pitch. Yeah. For what the was season, the what's the time frame in terms of like preparing to ha- know how to use a wheelchair? Oh, uh, so. I had about a month. And um, so I, they got me a wheelchair right away, so I got to start practicing, and they got me on the phone with some special uh, specialty places, um, some different clinics and things. And, um, and then I got to talk to a really cool girl named Tiffany Adams who um, is on a show uh, about girls in wheelchairs. It's on the Sundance channel. Oh, right. I've heard of that. Um, and she gave me – I recorded the conversation. I don't think I ever told her that, so if she hears this, she'll <laughs> laugh now. But I recorded it so I could listen to it over again and study what she told me, and it's really come in handy. And she – you know, she had so many great things to say. We were supposed to actually go out and um, wheel around together at the Grove, and I then I they took the wheelchair back for shooting, and I haven't gotten it back, so I haven't done that yet. But yeah, so I got I got to do a lot of research, and then you kind of basically just throw that all away and start doing the work. And so right, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, you were shooting nine yeah. to an and they shoot by the beach, right? Yeah, we shoot all the way in Manhattan Beach, which I live you know in Hollywood, so it's quite a, it's like an hour each way, right. and, and sometimes coming home it took me three hours the other day. Wow, because you literally don't. Move you go like four miles an hour on the freeway so it's a bit of a drive but i'm not complaining because i love you do a lot of driving i do i do <laughs> i learned driving. something about you today yes. it was that you do drive. a lot of driving but that's exciting Every, not, yeah. so now it's a hit show everybody's super cool everybody yeah. on like the cast and crew and the, the from the top to the bottom so it's a nice it's it's nice to that's have some security yeah that's a good gig yeah that's i have a, to audition exactly <laughs> i love that it sort of came full circle in that way yeah. went from like learning how to getting discovered to learning how to audition, to getting a commercial, to all the way of yeah. getting a role written for you. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. And, uh, and yeah, and I'm still only playing 25, so I don't know <laughs> right, what's going to exactly. happen when I'm playing 50. But. Exactly. You always play 10 years younger, which is that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. You'll have a long career. I also date 10 years younger, too. So. Right. But that's okay now. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's okay now. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed you threw that in there. Yeah. Well, I did the math very quickly <laughs> in my head. Um, that's some good stuff. So listen, we do this thing called the mystery question, which... Yeah, I say we do it like we've done it so many times. We've only this is the first one actually. Oh wait, did you open it? No, I haven't opened it. Oh yet. wait, so listen. So 
let me give a little backstory in case people didn't hear last week's podcast with Ben Savage. But basically, at the end of the show, I had Ben Savage write a question that I don't even know. And he wrote it down, sealed it in an envelope. He didn't even know you were my guest, so it could be and, anything. And I love Ben. I can't imagine what this will be. Yeah, so it's a question, and it'll lead to the discussion that we'll close the show with. And I get to write the next one, right? And you get to write, oh, right. And then you write a question that I won't know for the next guest, whoever that may be. All right, here we go. Let's, uh, let's see what Ben has to say. Oh, okay. If you could have lunch with one historical figure, who would it be and why? And more importantly, what restaurant would you take them to? Okay, well, that was your. Oh, by the way, that was your radio voice that you yeah. alluded to earlier. <laughs> Before we started recording, you tell that real quick. Uh, in high school, I, I won first place in uh, the Iowa State Speech Contest for radio broadcasting. I should have known then that I had a face for radio. Um, <laughs> no, they you do have a good they, radio they, voice. Well, I would do this... Uh, uh, if uh, <laughs> if you could have lunch with one historical figure, who would it be and why? It's like the movie phone guy. Yes. Thank you for calling movie phone. With the wind coming out of the north northeast at about twenty five. Um, so yeah. So let's see. One historical figure. Uh, I think I would sit down with John F. Kennedy. Wow. At Pache. In okay. Laurel Canyon. I know where that is. Yeah. That's where I pictured you talking about earlier, yeah. but I don't want to give it away. That's exactly where I was talking I about I totally earlier. pictured that whole James Gandolfini story. Yep. I pictured it at Pache. Because Pache is the most amazing restaurant in L.A., and I'll just now say it now. Now you just told everybody. Yeah, but it it's so funny. I, not only did I picture it, but I've told people to go there. Yeah. And I hear similar stories like, I took a girl to Pache, and Channing Tatum was at the next table, yeah. and she loved it. And yeah. I'm like, that's not why I'm oh. sending you there to see I, other people. At one point, I had... Uh, uh, one night I had Joaquin Phoenix. Um, right. I, you know, it just the, the list is crazy. I mean, it's there. the best kept secret it in is. LA. It's on Laurel Canyon in like a little. There's yeah. like a country store. Don't even tell them how to find I don't, it. I won't even tell. Okay, fine. I but said yeah, too much. It's and it's not even. You can't even. It's not even spelled how it sounds. Pache. No. So maybe they won't figure it out. But whenever anyone's like, "Where should I take a girl on a date?" That's it. Always say Pache. Um, Kyle Ward, who's a friend of yeah. ours, yeah. I told him to take. Heather there, who I and set them up still with, together. and they're still together. Yeah. That's another it's an example. amazing restaurant. The it's, food's amazing. The atmosphere, and you yeah. see these, you see everybody there, but there's never paparazzi. Right. Everybody leaves everybody alone. It's private. It's Italian food. It's yeah. a cool little perfect romantic date spot, and you can yeah. color on the table with crayons. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a place that uh, tourists will be. That's right. for sure. So okay, so you're going so, to Pache with John F. Kennedy yeah. Jr. John or no, John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy. First one. Um, yeah, with John, John F. Kennedy. Kennedy and Pache, and I would, I would, I would. I choose that because I feel like that time period in history has always been, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, I'm really intrigued by it. And I think that some of the things that he might, if he could just tell me anything now and be like, look, man, you're dead. You're not going to be able to get in trouble for this. Tell me. And right. I think some of the stories he would be able to tell me would be unbelievable. I think about that a lot. I'm like, if if John F. Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe right. were living in a time of TMZ, Oh, God. How different yeah. would their lives have been? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's one known photograph of them together, aside from her singing Happy right. Birthday. There's, like, one picture of him, his brother, and her, and supposedly there was a whole love triangle going on, but they kept it. Stuff was just kept more top secret back then. Oh, yeah. So the, the stories, and I'm talking, like— So just you and him it, at Pache talking about his life then. Yeah, yeah, and I want to know everything, not just his personal life, but I think some of the secrets that he probably knew about America, right. you know, and, and about the world— would probably lead to why we're where we are today. So that's why I picked John F. Kennedy. If we were going entertainment-based only, I think I'd uh, try to see if I could get uh, Sinatra and Elvis at the same table. Wow. Um, I, it was funny. There's a friend of mine. The ran, same table as you and JFK or the same table uh, as If we could get all three of us together, that'd be a power table right there. At Pache. That's um, pretty good. Yeah. But I think there, there was a friend of mine who rented this house up on um, – 
Sunset Plaza that used to be owned by Judy Garland and then Sammy, oh, yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, wait, I've been there. Yeah, yeah amazing house. And wait, I, we've been there? Yeah, we were there yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> I was like, we've been to that yeah. house. But all the pictures in the pool house are from the time period when they were all hanging out right. and partying there. And they're black and whites. So the pool house hasn't changed at all. Right. And so you can literally stand there and, and feel like, like, look, this is exactly where Frank was standing. This is exactly where Sammy was at the piano. And it was so... It was so amazing that experience to be up there and, and uh, yeah. When I do get a house in LA, I'd like to get one with some history to right. it. You know, just like because when I was working with Brett Ratner, he his house was owned by, I mean, that house is cool too. Yeah, it was Ingrid Bergman and uh, I mean everybody and uh, Alan Carr was like the most recent before Brett. But um, yeah, it just got history. It's yeah. like you can either go the route of like the Michael Bay movie house, you know, which is yeah. like all white modern house, or you can go. The history house, or yeah. you go, which would I want to do is get the Mike DeLuca bachelor pad on Sunset. Park. Yeah, I think the history house is cool, although I think there'd be some ghosts, and so I don't know. <laughs> right. So, oh, yeah. there are de- it's like yeah. Chateau Marmont. There are yeah. definitely ghosts. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how I feel about living with those all the time, right. but to like just go there from time to time is is really cool. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good question, Ben. Not what I expected from Ben Savage, but I like. No, it. Ben is very into history and politics. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, so now it's your turn. You can. I'm going to give you a card and an envelope, and as we go out, you can uh, leave your question for the next guest. We actually do know the next guest, but I won't remind you if you forgot. I so it doesn't. Know. Okay, so it doesn't um, influence do your, I, do your I get question. Do I tell the audience what? It's no, no, no. Be? You don't oh. tell anybody. Okay. You don't cool. even tell me. I'm not even going to look. All right. Cool. Um, so that is it. That's it for the second episode of On the List with Riley Smith. Dude, thanks for having now you, me. Now you can breathe. I think <laughs> we've been talking for over an hour straight. Well, it was basically just like a, a, a recap of my entire career. And yeah. I wasn't prepared for that one. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, it's good. It's inside the actor's studio, but younger. Yeah. I like it. I like what you got going on. I'll yeah. be listening. It's good. We can record all our stories, yeah. listen to them back one day. Sweet. Um, so that is it for On The List. Thank you, Riley Smith. Thank you guys for listening and Brett for having me. Yeah, nice. and watch 90210 starting October 8th, correct? Uh, yeah, October 8th, Monday nights. Where uh, he plays Riley. That's yeah. a great story. I love that story. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Signing off. Brekerski on the list on hahajk.com. Out. Away for Hollywood. Away for Hollywood. So misunderstood. So keep fighting on. But oh, Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.